What more can one say? This is game seven. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Little Hockey Podcast. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Keegan here with Jordan. Say hi, Jordan. Hey, friends. Um, before we get into the show, we actually finally have the big news that we've been teasing and saying for the last, what, half a month, three weeks now? I think it's been a solid month now. Yeah, it's the last three or four episodes when we've been like, we've got a big announcement. Here it is. Yeah, here it is. (laughs) So we here, Jordan and I, as well as the Little Hockey Podcast, are now proudly a part of the Blue Wire Hustle network of podcasts. So uh, Blue Wire had a bit of a contest, and uh, we were able to um do well in it enough that they liked us and they agreed to have us as part of their network uh some other shows on it are the staffing graph with um rachel dory and 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 what's what's her co-host's name i can't remember uh, mike stevens thank you yeah um so that those are there are some of the big names on there, so it's kind of fun for us to be a part of them, especially since Jordan and I both have listened to the Staff and Graph on multiple occasions. Uh, so yeah, you'll be hearing them a lot from us now, saying, you know, saying that we're a part of this awesome new group that is has been really kind to us, and you may be seeing a bit of a uh, aesthetic change from us. Yeah, that's right. Make sure you're going over to our Twitter and Instagram pages, checking out all of the stuff. Uh, I will correct you a little bit, though, Keeks. Um, we're, we're just part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. So um, I, I, it's not entirely clear how it differs from the um, Blue Wire Network as a whole, but uh, I think it's more so just uh, to help new, inexperienced people get their podcasts up and going, um, as well as helping some... Uh, existing podcasts reach out to a larger audience so uh, you know if you're just checking us out for the first time and that's how you found us it's working awesome (laughs) (laughs) and and uh if not then just uh you know make sure that you're uh um trying to seek out some of those other blue wire hustle podcasts because there are a lot of great people that are are doing some good work and they're uh you know just trying to get started up or uh uh, just trying to get their existing podcast out there for more people to listen to. So make sure you go out and uh, check out some other ones as well. Yeah. Fun fact about this. Um, I got a random text from Jordan one day saying, Hey, we, Hey, we won the blue wire hustle thing. And I was like, cool. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I, I just uh, went and applied for it. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Who knows? Oh, whatever. I, I kept hearing about it on uh, yeah. Like staff and graph and the, uh, uh hockey pdo cast with dimitri filipovich like i i kept hearing 
about it on those podcasts. And I was like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. The worst that happens is nothing. So we'll do it. And then, yeah, got a, uh, a message from them saying we'd been accepted in. And then I told Keegan, oh, hey, I applied for this thing and uh, we got in. So uh, we got to do all this stuff in recordings. <laughs> and recording. And, and yeah, but yeah. I was so about now... to say we have to do, but I, it was kind of I had to do, but that's not entirely true. You did have to help out on some things. Yeah, it was more so, hey, I need a recording for something. Can you be the recording? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, Jordan is very much the muscle and brains behind this. I'm just the guy you hear the most often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so ho- hopefully that uh, being part of Blue Wire Hustle will get us some more listeners. Um, and if you're just tuning in for the first time on this episode, thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, I hope you like the Sens and Leafs because we cover nobody else. Unless it's super big news, which is very rare. Yeah, e- even then it's like we do it for a, a second and then we move on. Or uh, there's a good chance that if neither of our teams are in the playoffs or one of our teams get eliminated, we'll probably do some uh, bandwagon hopping. So um, just... Uh, you know, follow us on social media and then maybe we'll let you have a say in what teams we start cheering for. Yeah, our bandwagon skills are clearly great because we got the Carolina Hurricanes to follow us. So we're doing something right. And we are doing something right. Yeah. All um, right. So but, enough, but yeah, of, the self, enough of the self promo here. And let's yeah. let's get into the show. Yeah, because so, we've we've got an artificially shortened um, episode this week. So we've got a motor here. Yeah. So this may not be as in-depth as we uh as we usually go into, which isn't really saying much, but Jordan, let's start with your betting updates. How have, how has this last week gone for you? Oh my God. It's been so bad. It's so like, I I know that a few weeks ago I I was on about how terrible things were going. It is much worse. It is much (laughs) worse than that now. Uh, Are you you still betting on Buffalo to win? uh, Periodically. Yeah. Like every few days I was like, yeah, let's throw like, whatever the minimum bet that they'll allow let, let's put that down on them and uh it obviously has not paid off yet <laughs> but uh <laughs> sa- saturday night i bet i had 11 bets 10 or 11 bets and i won three of them and then sunday night i went over five so over two days i went like three for 16 it was awful lost 25 dollars again for everybody that if you're just tuning in 25 dollars, you might be like oh geez that's that's not a lot of money for betting on sports like my largest bet over those two days was four dollars. I lost <laughs> relatively. I lost a shit ton of money. Um, it's going a little bit better um, Monday and Tuesday this week, though. My uh, my combined winnings here. Let me just uh, do some math real quick. Uh, my combined winnings over the last two days are one dollar and three cents. So uh, it's just going to take another uh what's that 50 days in order for me to make up the losses of the last two so uh yeah it's uh it's going bad real bad super super awful bad hopefully (laughs) things turn around quickly here or else uh i'm not going to be doing this anymore (laughs) oh my god yeah uh like and it's hard for me to even point out trends here because i'm looking at it like um there, I, I, I need to stop betting on St. Louis because they always disappoint me. Uh, Dallas has been kind of hit or miss all season. Um, I will say I'm pretty proud that I think I went three for three on the um, uh, Calgary Winnipeg series over this past like weekend ish. 
uh, felt really good about that. Or maybe it was just two for two. Yeah, I think it, it was just two for two. But yeah, don't bet on St. Louis. Definitely don't bet on Buffalo. And, Unless uh, you're betting on them to lose. And you know what? Boston has to stop losing to the Devils too. Specifically the Devils? Specifically the Devils, yeah. I feel like you're losing a lot of money on those games. Well, it, it's just like, come on, Boston. Like, uh, How can you beat like all of the other teams in your division? But then the, the Devils have been owning the Bruins this season. It, it's kind of shocking. The, the Devils are, let me see, 4-0-2 against Boston. Well, you know, Boston can pull a Montreal, and all they have to say is, well, you know, if we never lost to the New Jersey Devils, then we'll be a top-place team in the conference. Remember when yeah. Montreal was saying that last year about Detroit? Yeah, exactly. But, like, the, there's only two teams that uh, Boston in their division has a, a losing record against, and it's the Devils and the Islanders. And, you know, there's one the of those teams. Yeah, one of those teams is good, and then the other one is the New Jersey Devils. um so yeah it's uh it's rough the bruins need to sort out their problems with the devils um the st louis blues need to figure out what the hell they're doing and uh buffalo i'm not even going to blame them for it it's my own stupidity for continually being like tonight's the night baby (laughs) tonight's the night (laughs) they're going to hit 20 game losing streak yeah but uh tonight i've got um i've picked the leafs over the jets the Minnesota Wild over the San Jose Sharks. And I, I did a parlay on uh, the Avalanche and the Knights to win their games. So uh, hopefully that goes my way because uh, the Lightning screwed up my parlay last night because they lost their, I think their third straight game or something. And they lost to the Blue Jackets. And yeah, uh, they're could, on a bit of a skid. Yeah, that would have really helped me out. Uh, that would have uh, increased my winnings from 44 cents last night to uh, almost $6. So holy shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. You maybe you should get out of the betting ring, Jordan. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to finish this month off. Like if, if I win all of my bets tonight, I'll still have lost $17 this month. And uh, I would have won less than half of my bets. So it's, it's a bad time to be betting on hockey. And I did read a tweet today saying like, yeah, this has been an incredibly strange year for hockey betting in that the uh, return on investment on underdogs is like negative numbers. So you lose money betting on underdogs and uh, you're barely scraping by betting on the, uh, the favorites, which uh, I guess isn't necessarily the norm. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe you'll uh, get some luck in the playoffs. Oh, I need some luck next month, man. This shit needs to turn around quickly, or else well, I may you know, not. I, or else I may not have any money left to bet on the playoffs. Well, you know, tomorrow's a new day and a new month, so hopefully it'll start looking up for you. Yes, that's right. All right, so with that done, um, this will be interesting, Jordan. You have three games to cover. How much of them do you remember? <laughs> yeah, when we were getting our show prep set just before starting to record i was like yeah so the leafs played like one game but since our last recording right and you were like no they played three (laughs) i have (laughs) i have no recollection of the game against the senators Uh, keegan said that that was thursday night Um, yeah i'll believe you you know what i think i drank like a third of a bottle of tequila that night before the the, the (laughs) leafs game um 
Thur- Thursday nights are my Fridays. So uh, I, I think that I was uh, celebrating the end of a week and I have almost no recollection of that game against the Senators. Um, I'll I, cover I think, that one in my review at least. Yeah, I think I remember Forsberg playing pretty well. And then I remember the overtime winner because uh, Matthews, uh, he nailed it. It was it was great. And also Shabbat fucked up major in the neutral zone. <laughs> oh my God. But uh, yeah, like Matthews has had some killer plays in overtime to uh, help the Leafs get uh, the win and you know what now that I'm talking about it I do vaguely remember Sens fans getting all uh, butthurt about the Leafs and their celebration at the end of the game I think it might have actually been you tweeting about it saying like oh yeah look at the Leafs going and celebrating like they won the cup when they just beat the Senators in a regular season overtime game Uh, I very well may have done that yeah but I, I will argue against that and just say, I think they were excited because it was Justin Hall that scored, not necessarily that they won. That's fair. Cause that's only, yeah. I think that was only his second or third goal of the year. Yeah. And probably his first overtime goal in his career too. Probably. Um, but yeah, in, I'll, I'll just kind of talk in general because I, I do know that the Leafs beat the Oilers in overtime. Um, I guess that was probably Friday, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday. That Matthews got the game winner off of oh, a bunch yeah, and, of bounces. And then our, our most recent game. Shit, was that last night? Did the Leafs play Monday night? Monday night. Okay, Monday night. All right. I have no idea what day of the week it is anymore. This. Well, we're recording, so it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. You're right. That's true. Um, and the Leafs play again tonight against yes. uh, the Jets in maybe Winnipeg. Not entirely sure. Pretty sure it's Winnipeg. But <laughs> yeah, uh, so- yeah to, to, to summarize. The last three games uh basically all i've got to say is jack campbell is the man um i hope his injury is not super serious and that he's getting better because holy shit we need him and uh, i hope freddie is okay because i i really don't want to have uh, michael hutchinson as our backup goalie slash starter semi-regular starter and I also don't really know if I want the Leafs to be going out and acquiring a goalie at the trade deadline when we could get a forward or defenseman. Um, realistically, if if Freddie and Jack Campbell are both healthy, I don't think that we really need to do anything in net this during the season. I think that uh, anything that needs to be done in the net can wait until um, the summer or the offseason, I guess. So I, I don't really want the Leafs moving assets out in order to get a, a like a basically a third string goalie right i'd much rather spend it on a, a guy that's going to slide into the top six forwards and, and help out offensively and maybe get this totally comatose power play going again um i yeah i'd much rather that be the the trade deadline move than going out and getting goaltending and insurance so it sounds like freddie's out long-term ish maybe like I, I heard today that they're going to uh get another opinion from a, a doctor outside of the organization to see what they can do about whatever his injury is and uh jack campbell um he didn't play the second game against the oilers because he needed more time to rest and recover so it's like oh man he's playing through something and freddie's got something that seems to be like somewhat serious so like he didn't even dress yeah it's it's not a not a good um not a good situation right now for the Leafs goalies. Yeah, I'm just checking. Okay, I thought Freddie was listed as day-to-day, but he's just listed as out. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good situation right now for the Leafs goalies, but um, 
hopefully that kind of figures itself out in the coming days. And if not, then we're going to be having a whole different conversation on this next episode next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, when do I, I should check to see when we play you guys next, but uh, it could be a battle of Gus the Bus, Philly franchise, and um, Michael Hutchinson. The Hutch versus the Bus. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's... You know what? I, Hutchinson being in the battle is not one that I want to have any part of. Hey, he's getting you wins. He's getting sure, you man. points well, at the very least. Yeah, for now. Hey, I, that's I, all... I'd much rather quit with him while we're ahead. Instead, like this 18 wheeler is um, pedal to the metal heading towards the edge edge of a cliff every game that he starts. And it's, uh, it's just a matter of time before it goes flying off the edge. So I'd much rather bail before we get to the the cliff than uh, go over with him. Seven games played, one shutout, three wins, two losses, one OT loss, nine fifteen save percentage. That's a solid backup goalie right there. Sure. And, got and I up still want I still want no part of him though. <laughs> there you go. Just and go uh, yeah, and... the Sens and Leafs next play on uh, Saturday, April tenth, so two days before the uh, trade deadline. Oh, that'll be fun. We'll have all of our college kids up by then, and they'll just be running amok on you. Yeah, I keep hearing on TSN 1200 that the those guys are just waiting for all of those uh, North Dakota guys to sign with the team. They, they, they were saying today, they were like, if it's not today, it's tomorrow. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you've been saying that every day this week. So It'll probably be later this week because, I mean, Cole Caulfield already signed in Montreal. Spencer there, Knight signed yeah. in Florida. And the Leafs signed a guy out of, um, yeah, out of uh, Notre Dame. North Dakota. North Dakota. No, it was Notre Dame. He was wearing a bright gold helmet. Oh, UND, University of Notre Dame? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking University of North Dakota, because anytime I hear UND, that's what I hear. Cause no, yeah, I think uh, North Dakota is just known as NODAC or something. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is NODAC. But yeah, like there's been a ton of college player signings this week, whether it's been free agent players. I think Steve's was a free agent player. Um, I I guess we should talk about him, but uh, I didn't look at anything about him because he's a fucking college free agent. So he led Notre Dame in points this last year. That's all I know. And Notre Dame isn't really known for their hockey program. So I don't think there's too much to say. Well, you you know what? Like there's enough to say just because it's the Leafs signing him. I, I think it's it's interesting that they're going the college player route. Um, they must see something in him. Uh, I don't think he's going to turn into a top six forward. Like the best they, case, the absolute best case scenario for any college free agent player that signs with an NHL team, I think we can all agree is that they become Tyler Bozak. That's the best case scenario. Yeah, he's really the best college free agent. Like the... There, uh, I think Martin St. Louis was an undrafted college free agent signing. Have you looked at his NCAA points? No, I haven't. Are, are they insane? Yeah, here, keep, keep talking he like, about Yeah, well, yeah, it, it's just like the Martin St. Louis is an outrageous outlier. And every year there's always this can't miss college, like NCAA free agent undrafted player that everyone's like, oh, this kid's going to be amazing. He's, he's going to be like the next he's going to be an art Ross trophy winner. And it's like, 
Yeah, there's only one guy that's ever done that. Uh, so maybe we should stop uh, playing this game every year of trying to figure out who's going to be the next Martin St. Louis when really we should be figuring out who's going to be the next Tyler Bozak coming out of the NCAA. Or um, like, I think for defensemen, the best free agent player might have been Justin Schultz. Uh, Which the, one? The, uh, the guy that Edmonton got. And Which that, one? That, <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, their he, top pairing were two Justin Schultz at one I, point. I don't think so. It was. Uh, well, he, either way, he's, he's on Pittsburgh now, I think. Okay. He won one. a cup with Pittsburgh, but when, when uh, Edmonton signed him, people were like, oh, this guy's going to win Norris trophies. Like, what? Yeah, I remember that. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so Martin St. Louis, he was a college free agent. Um, he technically... Um, was drafted no you're right it looks like he was never drafted um okay so 32 games in his freshman year 49 points that's very good for a freshman freshman, yeah especially for one his size the next year 35 point or 35 games 71 points he got 23 goals more than two points a game cool that's Um, that's good for reference, Jack Eichel in his uh, freshman year got 71 points in 40 games, just to give you an idea of how good Jack Eichel was. Uh, Martin St. Louis' best year was his third year, his um, junior year. 35 games, 85 points. Hmm. Yeah. And then he continued. He played one more year for Vermont, uh, and then he got signed by Calgary. Calgary. And he played in the AHL, was a point per game, and then either signed or was traded to Tampa. I forget which one. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that all boils down to, like, this guy could eventually turn into an interesting depth NHL player, maybe middle six player at best in the forward group. Um, so everyone keep your fingers crossed for that, basically. <laughs> that, that's you know the what? Best scenario on this guy. Do you have anything else you want to talk, talk about Ottawa or Toronto with? No, I was just going to say that we should jump right into like whatever the main discussion is because we've got yes. like we're halfway done here. <laughs> yeah. So just so we're going to jump into that, which I wanted to talk about the uh, Ottawa Senators, uh, North Dakota prospects. I'm just going to quickly say. Uh, so the only game that Ottawa has played is the game against Toronto since last time we recorded. And all I really have to say is Formanton is fast. He looks like an NHL player. His line of Formanton, Clark, and Dezingle is very fast as a trio. They're great. And the Willannon trade, I'm not surprised at. I don't think there's really much to say. We kind of all saw the writing on the wall that he was done with this, done with the organization and needed a fresh start. And it's nice to see him get it. Wish him all the best. All right. North Dakota. Nodak sends, as some people have been calling them. These guys are going to be... I don't want to say game changers, but they're going to be very impactful players in the NHL. So technically we could sign any or any and all four players to entry level contracts right now. Those four players being um, Shane Pinto, Jacob Bernard Docker, Jake Sanderson, and Tyler Clevin. Shane Pinto is arguably the most impactful of the bunch currently he's 20 years old 
He was in 28 total games. He got 32 points. He is a finalist for the Hobie Baker. And in the first time in uh, National Collegiate Hockey Association history, that is the, uh, the division that he plays in, he was unanimously voted player of the year. Not yeah, as well as also winning forward of the year and defensive forward of the year. So he in his conference was the best player. It was really incredible to watch him when he uh, playing the entire year. He was 62% in the faceoff circle, which is just absolutely insane. He's going to be a really, really solid two-way guy for Ottawa whenever he makes the jump. And he's a guy who a lot of Sens fans are saying should be in the NHL right now. People are saying this guy could be better than Josh Norris, saying this guy could be our second-line center. Some people are even claiming that he could be our first-line center and be a Patrice Bergeron type. I don't know if I fully believe in that. I think I see both Pinto and Norris as one of them being the second-line center and the other being the third. Put whichever one in every spot you feel like. But Pinto definitely seems like he's ready for professional hockey. I don't know if he's quite ready for NHL. I think give him a few games to see, but I would rather him play six games in the NHL and then send him down to Belleville because if you play him in that seventh, it burns the first year of his ELC. And I don't really feel like having Pinto's contract um, end at the same time as Tim Stutzel's. That is a little too much of a hectic um rfa year if that happens and this that um discussion goes for all these prospects if all of them sign and they play seven nhl games all of their contracts would end the same year as stutzel's which is 2023 so i'd rather not have that happen i don't think pintle will play more than seven games in the nhl unless he really impresses the guy who could stick around is jacob bernard docker I say he's the oldest of all these players. He was drafted in 2018, the same year as Brady Kachuk. Uh, Some fans may remember that um, I believe the Rangers traded for our pick so that they could move up and they drafted Keandre Miller. And then with our remaining pick, we drafted Bernard Docker. Very good right-handed shot defenseman, very two-way kind of a throwback in that he's not really stay at home, but he's just kind of a steady guy, always makes the right play. He can pass. He's very poised with the puck, but he's not going to do anything flashy. He's a solid skater. He's very smooth on his feet. And if I, I said it before, he's a right-handed shot. This is the guy that everyone has been labeling as Shabbat's future defense partner. So seeing him get a few reps in with Shabbat might be a little interesting, though that'd be a very young defense pairing. And having him learn under a guy like Artem Zub might be pretty nice. Might be a bit of a language barrier there, but I think Artem Zub is the player we expect Bernard Docker to turn into. So that will be interesting to see if those two guys will come into the NHL and if they'll stay or if they'll be sent down to Belleville. So, the well, I, I was going to say, um, speaking of, so, so you think that Pinto and Bernard Docker could be given a chance down the uh, the stretch this season? I think their contracts will be signed either by the end of this, either bef- 
right before Easter or right after Easter, their contracts will be signed. I think they'll be given, some people are saying that they might give Pinto an amateur tryout, meaning he can only play in Belleville and then have him sign his contract in the off season, which will mean his ELC starts next year. Okay. Because they did uh, that exact thing with another NCAA prospect, Angus Crookshank. They have him on an ATO for the rest of the season in Belleville, and then his ELC is scheduled to start next year. So they think they might do something similar with Pinto. Yeah, that would be interesting to do. Um, it's a good way to get around the burning a year, right? It is, yeah. And, and then he he still would be he'd still be able to get some uh, get paid to play pro hockey, which would be nice for him too. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's all about that uh, burning the first year for a lot of guys. A, a lot of players coming out of college at the end of a season, they uh, they're really looking to burn that first year off their entry level contract. Um, but what about Jake Sanderson? I saw a tweet today from Rachel Dory, I believe she was saying that um, in her opinion, Sanderson could use another year at uh, North Dakota. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah, you know who took their second year of NCAA and it did them a lot of good? Uh, Kale McCarr. No, oh, I, I was going to say, uh, Cole. I know Cole Caulfield is uh, somebody who she mentioned in her tweet as being uh, someone that really benefited from the second year. And then you look at other guys like um, maybe Charlie Casey Middlestat would have been somebody who didn't. I'm not sure if he was an NCAA player or not. Um, uh, no, he was, I think he was supposed to be, he was in the U S national development program when he was drafted. And then I think Buffalo just brought him right into the NHL slash AHL. If I remember correctly. Um, I think they brought him straight up to the NHL. I know they gave him a few games, but I, I can't quite remember, but again, I 100% agree. Jake Sanderson is going to be an excellent player for Ottawa. Some people are saying he might even give Shabbat a run for his money as the top defenseman for the Senators in the future, which I honestly agree with because I think Sanderson has similar, if not improved skating ability than Thomas Shabbat. And his defensive game is leagues ahead of Shabbat already. And the guy's only 18. He technically should be in high school right now, eh? Yeah, those fucking losers. God. Yeah. With their early birthdays. Yeah, he technically should be in high school. He uh, oh, he left high school a year early to go to the NCAA, and he's considered one of the um, like rising stars in just in any any in all regard. Hmm. And he his skating is great. His his offensive game gets better and better every day. They talk about how he's getting more and more confident. And if he plays next year in the NCAA, which again I think he should he'll just be the dominant player in the league. They're saying that he could, he could do a Kale McCarr and not only be the best defenseman, but be the best player of collegiate hockey next year. That would be interesting. Yeah. And then it also, it, it'll be good for the senators too to spread out uh, those, uh, those contracts, those contracts a little bit like that. That shouldn't be the, your first thought when you're trying to develop young players, but it, it is kind of a nice little added bonus um, and it is something to kind of add to the um, argument against signing them right away too, um, because uh, 
you can look straight at a, a team like Buffalo and say, like, look at how they have screwed up the development of some of their players and how that has absolutely catastrophically impacted their organization. And you, you just, as a team, you need to be like, we need to not do what those guys over there did because we can't, like the Senators literally cannot afford 10 years of being utter shit, right? Um, it, it's just not feasible. If, no. if, they, if they went on a 10-year stretch like the Sabres have been in, uh, they will not be in this city anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the Ottawa Senators will not be in the league anymore yeah. if that happens. The, yeah, they'll be the Quebec Nordiques again or, or something else, or they'll be the Houston mm-hmm. something or others. Or the Hamilton something or others. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, again, Chick Sanderson is a child. Let's not rush him into, yeah. this, into the highest level of hockey in the world. So I'm absolutely fine, and I would encourage him going back to college for another year, as would the last guy I'm going to mention. I'm just going to do it briefly. is Tyler Clevin. He was the guy we traded with you with the Leafs to uh, go up in the second round. We traded a second and a third, I believe, to move up in the second round. Everyone scrutinized the pick because they thought Clevin was just this big, immobile, mean defenseman that is outdated in this league now. But he's he's had a couple really pretty goals, like toe drags and like the OV bounce it off the boards and spin around a guy, all while being 6'4 and 210 pounds as an 18-year-old, by the way. And he just wrecks people with hits. He's got a bomb of a slap shot. They say, or not even they, he's told reporters that he shoots a thousand pucks a day trying to work on a shot, which is just absolutely ludicrous. Like I, I, I've done a hundred balls at the, uh, at the driving range and I'm, I'm toast. I need to take a nap for a couple of days after that. Yeah. Can't imagine doing a thousand pucks a day. That sounds hyperbolic now that I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, it does. But either way, just this guy is looking like he's proven all the all the scouts wrong, saying that he has no offensive ability. Um, with JBD probably turning pro, and with some of the other um, North Dakota defensemen graduating and just being in their senior year, it seems like next year North Dakota will very much be the Jake Sanderson, Tyler Clevin team as well as those two will probably be on the world junior team together again, like they were this most recent year for us. So it'll be really interesting to see how they develop. Cause that could very well be a defensive pairing for Ottawa in the near future. Yeah. It, and yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm just looking at that trade. You were talking about how Ottawa got the pick for Tyler Clevin and um, you got some good picks. You we did. Yeah. But by the looks of it, it we got uh, Roni Hervonen, who I, I know has been very highly touted. Um, since the Leafs drafted him. And then we also got uh, Topi Niemela. Yeah, Niemela, who I think, if if I'm not mistaken, got defenseman of the tournament, the most recent World Juniors. It was one of those two guys. Yes. Uh, I feel like it was uh, Niemela. Niemela? Topi. It was Topi. It was Topi. Not (laughs) Yes. Either way, I think you guys got some very good value out of it. I think we got some good value out of it. it. It's interesting. I... Ottawa's picks are starting to finally get onto the team and get into pro. And it's just, it's getting to a point where now I'm like, all right, stop, stop, stop stockpiling picks and start acquiring potential impact roster players for the future. You know, like maybe a Jack Eichel, but I feel like that would involve us 
giving up a bit too much. Yeah, Apparently, you, you would have to literally empty your cupboards. And that's okay. the same for, for any team that's trying to get him. Like, there, there's no hockey deal that makes sense, right? There's no current NHL player of Jack Eichel's ability who is available making the same amount of money that also needs to be traded. This is not a line A Pierre-Luc Dubois scenario. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, well hey, <laughs> if, if we finish third last, I'm sure Buffalo wouldn't mind having the first and third overall pick for this seat. For this year, you know what Buffalo's so bad. I don't even think they could win a draft lottery. Ha, ha. Yeah, but got them. You could lose. You could lose <laughs> you, a draft you, you lottery and still finish first. You got them. <laughs> it's like yeah, sell five. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that that one that joke was made a few years ago. Oh uh, yeah, it was the McDavid draft. Yeah, yeah, they're oh, so the, bad they can't even win a draft lottery so that year. They couldn't even win that draft lottery. Yeah, and they still fucked it up. Still fucked it up coming in second. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, we're, we're running a little bit short on time here. Like we said, it's a short episode this week. Our uh, hosting site is uh, well. You know what? It's our own fault for having a two-hour episode a few weeks ago. Like a couple of dumbasses. I tried uh, re-listening to that episode. It was too long. Yeah, oh yeah, like I have. I don't doubt that. Um, I'll take your word for it because I didn't even try to listen to it. I was like, it's, <laughs> it's too long. I'm not going to bother. <laughs> can't listen to my own voice for that long Um, yeah same but uh did you have anything else you wanted to add about uh these uh north dakota guys um pinto will be interesting um i think his rise to stardom makes logan brown's fate in this organization all but sealed and i think jvd will most likely be either our top right side defenseman or our second paired right side defenseman of the future and jake sanderson will probably be our best defenseman when he's fully developed mainly because i don't even think thomas shabbat is uh granted i've not seen him with a good partner i am starting to lose faith that he is a genuine top pairing defenseman you're just doubling down on your artem zub is ottawa's best defenseman from last week huh shabbat has the most points our best defenseman is not him shit you, you know what i've got to do i've got to make up one of those um hot take instagram uh pics and just post that up and see you get absolutely roasted by sen's internet i'm not the only one <laughs> saying that no i you're you're probably not uh, there has been a lot of frustration with shabbat that i've seen and um i i think it's just tough for him this season because like you said he hasn't had super strong defensive partners it's been like has he been playing with good branson and fucking Braden coburn and shit or is who's he been playing no he's been pretty much glued to zaitsev oh yeah shit that boat anchor that's right and zaitsev had a good start to the season but he really tapered off and he's He's back to being regular nikita zaitsev yeah good to see and and in in a time of so much upheaval and uh strange things it's it's nice to see something normal for a change huh yeah, he Ottawa's like being the absolute lead boat anchor that, that he was in Toronto in last year. Not the Norris Trophy caliber defenseman he was for 15 minutes at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah, and Artem Zub tried playing with Shabbat at one point, but it just it didn't work out. Yeah, I think they need to try it again, but as of right now, it's Zaitsev and Shabbat just, he's getting exposed a lot. So Jake Sanderson, my next guy. 
Shabbat, old news. 24 years old, <laughs> old news. Yeah, what, what's that meme? Um, Thomas Shabbat, no longer best friend. My new yes. best friend, Jake Sanderson, Artem yeah. Zub. <laughs> I mean, come on, at this, at his age, Eric Carlson had two Norris trophies. Let's go. Yeah, fucking pick it up, Shabbat. What are you even doing here? God. All right. Well, um, we've still got a few minutes, and I, I promised the uh, good folks at home that we would bring back the double agent game this week because it was a slow news week for our teams. So uh, you ready, Keeks? Yeah, let's do a lightning round here. I saw your first clues on Instagram, and I immediately closed it so that I would not cheat this time. <laughs> yeah, this time. Yeah, you cheated like a little little bastard a few weeks ago i didn't uh, realize what i was doing yeah, sure that's what they all say pretty sure that's what some of the nazis said at those death camps keeks i didn't realize of course you fucking did <laughs> oh god just start it all right so uh for any of our new listeners this this game is uh, i've got a list of every single nhl player that ever suited up for the leafs and the sends at some point in their careers uh and keegan is going to try to guess who they are uh, based off of a whole bunch of not helpful clues that I'm going to give him. Uh, I give him the same three clues to start off every time we play. Uh, and then after that, he's got a bet to see how many extra clues it takes him in order to figure out this player. Uh, if it sounds like this game is confusing, that's because it's super hard to explain, but uh, you'll pick it up as we play. Um, we, I stole it from uh, the Puck Soup podcast who adapted it from... Um, uh, the podcast Doug Loves Movies. It's called the Leonard Malton game in Doug Loves Movies, and it's called uh, Name Pat Falloon on Puck Soup. And with us, it's called the Double Agent Game. So here we go, Keeks. Uh, you all set? Now that I've unmuted myself, yes. Okay. Um, this player's current age, he is 35 years old, most recently played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he played 286 NHL games in his career. Okay. Yay. 286 games and he's 35 now. Most, Most recently played. played for the Leafs. Okay, cool. Give me six more clues. Six more clues. Your standard answer here. Let's see. What does that take you to? That takes you to total points with Ottawa and Toronto. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Your first clue, his amateur team. He played for Cornell Big Red of the NCAA. Okay, that actually might help. Okay, next clue. His height and weight, 6'2", 210 pounds. I, that one's the one that gets me the most. Yeah, because you're like, all right, here we go. Clue number two and height and weight. Fuck, they're all the same. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> it's Because like, it's like, if it's a super short guy, like if it was like, oh, he's 5'9". Oh, it's Tyler Ennis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he's six foot nine okay Zdeno Chara I don't remember him playing for the Leafs but that's who it is <laughs> yeah. all right next one okay draft position seventh uh, round 204th overall fuck it's a pretty impressive uh seventh round pick here to play almost 300 NHL games um is that Colin Greeny fuck <laughs> yeah you got him yep I remember that <laughs> yeah. I actually I actually do remember him playing at Cornell because Ottawa um, signed him out of Cornell and I believe it was 2011. He put up like 14 goals in his rookie rookie year and everyone was like, oh, wow, Colin Greeny and this NCAA kid's going to be great. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And, and I did not cheat. Yeah, did not cheat. 
three. That's that's probably your best one yet. Yep. Cornell apart from, just, the, apart from the one you cheated on. Yeah, Cornell mm-hmm. rang a bell. I didn't know how old Greenian was though, and I'm like, no, he he played in Toronto like in the in the Marlies when he was like 30. Because he yeah. <laughs> it, it, and, it's it's funny too because uh we're, like getting to his combined total points, like he's got 102 points between Ottawa and Toronto. Which but isn't then, bad. No, but it's also like those are the only two teams he played for. Yeah, fair. So it's not like super helpful if you didn't get it as fast as you did. But uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, did, I, I thought that he played in the NHL way longer than he did. But well, two, he was 2011 to 2016. Yeah, he played five years. Yeah. And uh, in those five years, I'm pretty sure in his uh, sophomore year in Ottawa, in the skills competition, he got fastest skater and hardest shot. Hmm. I, I thought I, he was. I have his best season as being 2011-12. Um, 14 goals? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check because it's been almost a year since I uh, made this list. If I remember correctly, that was the year he got 14 goals. Uh, let me just uh, check quickly here. 14 goals. Uh, he never scored 14. His best year was 17 goals. And yeah. Oh, it was 17. 17 goals, 20 assists, 37 points. That's pretty so. good. Yeah, he almost got forty uh, percent of his NHL points that year. <laughs> yeah, and then he was stapled to uh, Zach, and he got almost year. half of his NHL goals that year too. Seriously? Yes, he scored. Um, oh no, never mind. Uh, he scored forty-five career goals, seventeen of them in eleven, twelve. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, Colin Greening was. I remember the big hype around him and everyone talking about him coming from Cornell. That's why I was like, oh shit, that actually rang, rang. That's why I was like, that might help because I'm like, that rings a bell, but why does it ring a bell? Yeah, every so often the amateur team does help when it stands out like that. If it's just like some OHL team or some Western Hockey League team, you're like, wicked. That could be <laughs> anybody. <laughs> that's 90% of the yeah. league. Cool. The yeah. London Knights. Well, shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that could almost literally be anybody. All right. Um, cool. Yeah. So like we've still got like two or three minutes here. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? Like anything you're, you're watching, listening to, you want to plug? Um, no, no. Okay. <laughs> oh. I, I'm watching the, uh, the documentary about QAnon or the documentary series on uh, crave about QAnon. Uh, it's blowing my mind. These people are insane. Um, it's hard to blame them because they're just, they're being manipulated online, but uh, Oh man. It's also kind of funny because they have no sense of irony about anything they're saying. They're like, oh, yeah, the mainstream media, it's just trying to manipulate you. And they're just lying to you constantly. And it's like you're describing literally what you're like the shit that you're peddling. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they, I watched um, Seaspiracy. Okay, yeah. That one was interesting. I was never the biggest fan of seafood, but I'm probably never going to eat it again. Oh, shit. I just bought some coconut shrimp for this weekend. Damn it. it it's not because of like, it's not like um no uh, it's the plastic right because like yeah. <laughs> like half of the fish you're eating are almost entirely plastic now well not only that but it's like 90% or it's like 46% or whatever of the plastic in the sea is actually from fishing boats oh yeah okay so it's just talking about this whole conspiracy of like fishing companies just completely underselling how much of an impact that they are having and blaming it on the consumer. Oh yeah. Like that's why we have paper straws now. 
Yeah. Because because it's our response, it's the consumer's responsibility to stop uh, pollution when it's actually the corporations that are the ones dumping shit in the water. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, apart from that, the only other thing I wanted to plug was the uh, 2000s uh, Screamo uh, playlist on um, Spotify. I've been just rocking that all day at work and it's uh, it's been Ooh. a nice little throwback there. It's it's good. I'm going to check that out right now. It's very good. I highly recommend it to everybody. Even if you hate that music, just do it. Just um, for the throwbacks. Just do it. Yeah, just do it for the good feelings. Yeah. Good feelings and Screamo? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, I don't know. It makes me think of a, of a simpler time. <laughs> but, um, that, that's all of our time for, uh, for today and this week. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks to those of you that might have been new to the show. Um, make sure that you're following the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at LittleHockeyPod. You can follow me, Jordan, on Twitter at JSmall1771. And you can follow Keegan at LIL underscore Little28. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on whatever app you're listening to. Um, and please rate and review the show. We'll read any five-star reviews. And we haven't gotten one in uh, a long-ass time. So if you could please go and do that, that would really help us out. Um, so until next time, I'm Jordan, and that's Keegan. And uh, we'll catch you later, everybody. Bye, friends.